Hello, Emily. Hi, Sam. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Good. I have had um, a more productive week than last week. Yay. Ditto, actually. Um, yeah. Good. I'm glad. But then I'm also not glad because there's no pressure to be productive anyway. Uh. <laughs> Amazing! Oh, that was that's so, so unexpected. Fact, I'm drinking a fizzy drink, but I've actually stopped drinking it now because I'm scared I'm going to burp. Because I get, I've been so, I've been Water. so belchy. I'm actually normally more of a farter, but I've become really burpy lately. Actually. Really? I, yeah. Are you a burp, burp or a farter? Are you a burper or a farter? Anyway, shall we crack on? I guess so. Okay, so Sam, um, for our fourth episode, um, what have you brought to the virtual table? Today, I have brought to the virtual table the general... <laughs> topic of school closures okay okay obviously if you're listening to this in the future you may be a bit confused confused um what is going on what what time are you in um, are you all all right no you no. are all, all, <laughs> all left <laughs> Sorry. Um, Plugs for last week's episode if you haven't watched it. Um, watched it with eyes. <laughs> Stop. I'm really tired today. <laughs> if you haven't watched with your ears and eaten with your nose. Um, so yes, if you are confused as to what is going on at the moment, schools have been shut and exams have been cancelled. That's uni exams year six sats um gcse's a levels all public exams have been cancelled um and schools aren't running in the way that they usually would run um a lot of people are doing online schooling such as yourself emily um so what i just wanted to know kind of is how Initially, initially, how did you feel when you heard the news that schools um, and universities were going to be shutting? What was your initial response to that? Was it happy, sad, scared, confused? So, um, I, for me, with the university, um, it was quite a gradual process. Mm -hmm. So there was about two weeks where... Um, our year basically started all slowly going home because um, okay. there had been a lot of our university had started predicting what was going to happen so it was like our tutors obligation to have meetings with us um, telling us about uh, potential contingencies um, but in hindsight it is hilarious the whole kind of the general mood of those meetings were and let's just say there were 
there were to be a lockdown. Ha ha ha! <laughs> Belly laugh, shoulders are shaking. Can you imagine? Cut to a month later. Um, so to be honest, I wasn't as shocked about universities closing. Um, yeah. However, once I came home, I think it was two days later, and Boris announced that all schools were going to be shut. That horrified me. And I think the reason why I was more shocked about that than university is, it's a bit ironic because my university is all about contact hours. But still, when I think of university, I think more about independent study and it being quite, um, it is an option to go to university. Um, I was appalled, to be honest, because I think about, and it was more to do with you guys. So you're the academic year below me. Yeah. You're going to take, you were going to take your A-levels. And for me, it mainly had to do with closing a chapter for you guys and exams. I think, I I still cannot fathom, and I'll be curious to, um, to hear what you think, um, that you guys have spent X amount of time, both in class, out of class, around the block, working and studying. And I guess it does pose a question on like the, uh, how much significance we place on exams. Yeah. But how, how, I'm so long-winded. <laughs> it's because I'm really passionate about it. I'm so sorry. This is so long-winded. Winded. One word. This is so long-winded, but it is because I don't know. It irks me. I feel mm-hmm. so bad for you guys because education system states that those exams determine your future. Therefore, how the hell in my oh education system I have followed all my life brain is going what how unfair sorry i'll be curious what do you think um so my initial response was very confused very confused (laughs) you can see that not being in school has done me really well (laughs) yeah i was very confused uh it's crazy it's unheard of to cancel exams ever since public exams started this is the first time even during the war this is the first time they've had to cancel exams um and it's it is madness um but i think as sort of as i i I left school forever um and as i sort of sat home and had a lot of time to do nothing but think i i've been i've been saying for a very long time that i wanted to leave school for a long a long long time to leave school because i felt like i'd sort of outgrown the school environment um yeah i absolutely despised a levels bar um english i hated it i honestly I, and bearing in mind i, I studied my it was my favorite a level to study drama a level i did theater studies and drama was the most infuriating thing i think i've ever Horrible. experienced it was the worst i hated it um i've read in a couple of sources that schools are looking 
to reopen yeah um, as early as june the first primary schools funny sorry that is so funny what when are they going to break up for summer not even that are they going to um yeah he's he's already said he he has said the, <laughs> the omnipotent um <laughs> i forgot his name so i've gone for williamson gavin williamson um he has said that <laughs> He said that they won't open, like, be open through summer holidays. Funny. Very Um, funny. But I think June 1st, that's less than a month away. We recorded 700 deaths yesterday. Um, I don't see it being a safe environment for anyone to be in. The rationale behind that is children are less likely to transmit the disease. Less likely doesn't mean not going to yeah exactly so if it kills one person surely heartless isn't it Mm. similarly he um has also said that it's likely that art students so that is yourself potentially myself yourself that art students will be among the last to go back into education a hundred percent a hundred percent. But the, what what would be your rationale behind that? Um, not what I'd hope it would be. I know what. So I would like to think that they think art students shouldn't because it's very practical and they're all on top of each other. But Are I they? That's just can... in drama. Think about arts <laughs> overall. DT. Ex- arts. So yeah. So my very, like, narrow-minded brain goes to my personal experience. I am very staunch in my opinion that most modern governments around the world disregard the importance of the arts. I completely agree, but I think you are generalising right now. We are in a very unprecedented time yeah so i do understand this situation then that's finding an excuse for the disregard and then in another situation you can say okay but in this situation and then another situation okay but in this situation no because i do think that this is an exceptional circumstance but what constitutes an exceptional circumstance by which everyone is now like at home and unable like the country has stopped functioning like fundamentally stopped and is sparse and no one is is inactive and i do genuinely believe that whilst i totally agree in the importance of the science and the frontline workers and oh my gosh they're amazing i think we're being told to stay at home and watch telly. TV relies on the arts community of to course. happen. Absolutely. And by not actively encouraging and engaging with the arts, I feel there is a certain degree of hypocrisy. And the, um, I don't know who the, Oh, what's the word, Martha? Secretary 
is for culture, arts and media. But I haven't heard one peep out of them. Yeah, and I get I people. Bad. I get people want to hear from the health secretary, and they want to hear from the prime minister, and they want to hear from um, the chancellor. Yes, but I I think schools. There's that online school scheme, the Oak National Academy, mm-hmm. which is um, running sessions, like running basically lessons online for the majority of subjects for like. I think it's key stage one through to key stage four, I believe. Um, that I just think there needs to be more of a government initiative to encourage the arts during a time when, as you say, looking after people is the one number one priority. And whilst that does include physical well-being, I think it really does include mental well-being and such a good way to alleviate stress or anxiety or depressive episodes for so many people and so many people who don't currently engage in arts is creative expression. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. That's where I'm coming from more with, at least within school environments, for young people, you have um sort of your there's compulsory mm. expressive arts for the beginning of it at least and then you can opt out of it i think it's more for me it's more of a personal opinion because of the conflict i have in my brain <laughs> it's more of a selfish argument i think i'm making because i am genuinely conflicted mm-hmm. by it i think about all these equipped nhs workers and carers and um, just general key workers and frontline workers and I question what the hell would I be able to do if I was an adult and like do you know what I'm trying to say I'm not vital yeah, but I, I don't I, think but you are if you are a professional performer when when you graduate and you are a professional performer oh my gosh that's my Instagram bio <laughs> professional pretender <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Um, when you graduate, you would be vital for the mental health perspective of so many people. Yeah, and I agree. And you know what? Again, but it's what you are seeing as vital is physical health. Because no one knows how to scientifically deal with it yet. Of course, they have to prioritize that actual scientific physical health thing because they don't know what they're doing yet. Really, ultimately, they kind of don't. You just think in this situation, because it is so unlike anything else that has we've ever encountered, you feel we need to get the medical facts first and get and focus on that so we can get them quickly. And then we can deal with the actual sort of after effects and aftermath because exactly but luckily enough as a country we we are equipped with helplines and Mm. there have already been preempted for any circumstance there are people who are qualified to help and whilst this is a specific circumstance when it comes to 
science I think our brains can feel and think certain emotions and that psychologists will be able to analyze already whereas even though it is different circumstances that we've never faced before mental health specialists will be able to already deal with that but doctors are yet to be able to deal with this new Mm -hmm. disease yeah boom i got there in the end we got there in the end right should we move on to you emily yeah what have you brought after that juicy conversation about yeah school clothes school closures that's what that conversation was about um emily what have you brought to the virtual table makeup yeah so for me i just want to talk about the concept of it because um once again one evening i had a quarantine thought a quarantine thought is just when you think about something you'd you would have never previously thought about if quarantine hadn't happened yeah my mum was talking about how she hasn't had her nails did for a while how bizarre is it that on the tips of our fingers we paint certain colors and we just like whack it on top of our bodies and like whacking color and basically and and then whacking color on your lips and highlighting specific features of your anatomy i think is just a really fascinating concept so i've done a bit of research um about about origins of makeup yeah the history of makeup and also the psychology of makeup um and yeah i was just so you don't know that much about makeup do you um in terms of history and origins i'm a bit more clued up than Mm -hmm. one would expect but um in terms of like makeup nowadays in terms of like um kylie jenner and who else makes makeup or does makeup stuff like jeffree star or people like james charles james charles exactly i know know nothing neither do i i just want to make it very clear like i am not that invested in makeup i just love it and actually as a fun fact like when I was seven I wanted to be a beautician and um like every I think it was every Friday our grandma would take us to the local news agent and I'd always go for the magazine that had makeup in it so like I loved it yeah I absolutely loved makeup so let's talk about the history of makeup yeah the facts I got for this um, are from like a 2013 article from a website called all women talk so makeup goes as far back as 4000 BC. Yeah. Okay. Ancient Egyptians were known to take baths in milk and honey to soften and beautify their skin from head to toe. Um, and then here's where it gets really, I think, more relevant for us. Well, but I think it is just good to establish the fact that makeup is our inheritance and it's everyone's inheritance and like we society have grown up with the idea of making up and I just want to touch on the word makeup I only thought about this 10 minutes before we started (laughs) this zoom call but makeup I think is such a twisted way to describe it I think it's a very detrimental word to make up to compensate perhaps yeah. makeup um 
is the manner in which something is put together. To make up is build, collect into one form by bringing together is from prepare. Interesting. So, so it's to prepare. Not what we thought. And if you think about it from that perspective, I'd say that the word makeup is quite a makeup is if we think about it from a feminine perspective as it as makeup being a feminine whatever that is feminine thing um and i'm sure we'll discuss more about that in a bit mm -hmm. it's preparing for a lot of i i can't speak from own experience but i've heard a lot of women say that wearing makeup makes them feel powerful or ready to take on the day or the interview and in that way it's you're preparing what's that phrase did you say this last week um by failing to prepare you prepare to fail yeah and it's that kind of idea of makeup is preparing you to succeed back to you Sorry. yes no we will go back on that because there's um, a whole feminist movement in the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. But I just wanted to say in the 1800s, makeup extended to all social classes. So, um, 1800s. And this is before 1800s. And this is um, the development of makeup happened because portrait photography became popular in addition to um, mirrors becoming affordable. Again, that whole concept of vanity being associated with makeup, I think is something really interesting. Um, it's been suggested that nothing would play a greater role in the mainstream use of cosmetics than motion pictures in the 1800s. Okay. So what happened was, um, yeah, so whilst there were mirrors and like maybe an extension of vanity at the same time, movies and beautiful women on screen, mm -hmm. And then with that, commercialism took advantage of that. And until right now, this present moment, and up until whenever someone's listening to this, people still do that. And that has been worsened by social media. So I feel like that really nicely transitions into, I guess, the psychology of makeup. Yeah. And yeah. I would argue with the examples I've given historically, it can even apply as far as BC, before baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. So researchers believe that we all come programmed with beauty detectors and we're wired to seek out appealing faces, no matter the culture in which we live. There have been countless studies in which participants rate the attractiveness of faces which has led researchers to conclude that beauty could be distilled to a mathematical formula. For example, one term. appreciates symmetrical faces. Yeah. That's actually something that I, I notice within myself. And um, I, I, I don't have a symmetrical face. One of my eyes is bigger than the other. You'd barely notice, like looking at me. Yeah. It is something that I fixate on when I am looking in the mirror in the morning, um, it's, I find it 
I think if maybe that, then I'd feel that made no sense. If maybe that, then I'd feel <laughs> baby Jesus. If my face was totally symmetrical, then I'd feel more confident and I'd feel more attractive. And that I just is think, really, really interesting. I think symmetry is something that is so hugely, um, we're told is so huge in attraction. That it's so interesting. Such an important thing. I mean, just as another story, I don't feel it anymore. I have, because um, you guys can't see me on my left side above my upper lip, I have a beauty spot. It does not bother me now. I actually really like it. I really like it. And I couldn't imagine not having it. But I think when I was about four years old, I even remember the memory. Um, I looked in the mirror and I tried picking it off. And then I came downstairs and I basically had picked my beauty spot off. And we had to basically just kind of plaster it on top of my face so that it healed again. So like from a young age, looking at the mirror, how interesting is that? I didn't know that. It's not even deep though, because I don't feel it in me anymore. That, but as but long as four deep. years old. I think it's so deep. If you think about it, as a four-year-old, you already knew what society's standards of beauty were, like uh, symmetry. Exactly. And you're like, I'm not happy unless my face is symmetrical. Let's pick mine. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's awful. Swiftly moving on. Uh, researchers also believed that we're wired to find youth more attractive than old age, mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to choosing a mate. After all, if you select a woman too old to bear your children, your line dies out, evolutionarily speaking. Yeah. Now, that is a very heteronormative argument, I have to just say, because... Mm -hmm. it is <laughs> and we will touch upon men wearing makeup not even necessarily makeup makeup but things like concealer and foundation there I've, I've found some stuff out which is really really fascinating so just moving on and I know I was talking about like heteronormativity and this yeah. kind of does align with this argument as well and I think it is worth noting that I think this article is about six years old so I actually think it's really almost um, inspiring that just in six years we're able to recognise that these supposed neutral articles aren't. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so men and women have similar faces until puberty, at which point hormones like testosterone um, cause men to have prominent brows and noses, whereas women's eyes now seem bigger because of a lack of a prominent brow. Makeup plays up these features, thus advertising an absence of male hormones, such as eyeshadows, eyeliner, and mascara, making those small eyes pop. Yeah. So they, these can be seen as subliminal ways that women demonstrate their gender and their youth to potential partners. All of these cosmetics may be an evolutionary urge to show off our most feminine traits so that we can attain a universal beauty ideal. So biologically, it does jar on me though, because biologically, it suggests, it, this article is suggesting that biologically men like women and women like men. Yeah. 
So that is really flawed. And then it's also worth noting that beauty ideals are shaped by external forces such as advertising and pop culture. Mm-hmm. I am so flawed. Thanks, Instagram. And thank you, mainstream TV yeah. and your lack of representation to the colourful world we live in. Yeah. Colourful, diverse, beautiful odd world we live in you make it seem like it's in some kind of two-dimensional place but it really isn't people are beautiful even if they're different basically in the late 60s and 70s in the u.s feminists urged their fellow women to discard anything that men might use to objectify them so women were only submitting to a patriot they believed that women were only submitting to a patriarchal culture that sought to exploit them for their beauty, not their brain, which is really interesting. And so is the outcome because it didn't go as well as they might have hoped. Some women feared that if they gave up on lipstick, they'd be branded as ugly radicals. Some women believed that a socially appropriate appearance, one that included makeup, was important for the workplace. Now, I really want to elaborate on that because important for the workplace. Interesting. And I think it just made me think of different kind of standards we have in society, such as uniform, school uniform, and how I had to wear a dress, but my guy friends had to wear trousers. And it's just so traditional. I think it's really traditional and it's stuff like I remember talking to a family friend I know and he said that he wouldn't accept anyone who had like a nose piercing or tattoos on display what what does what difference does that make to someone's workability how they express themselves he wouldn't hire someone yeah um, I think, I mean, everything we are talking about is culturally relative and that's what we need to remember. And I think, as I've said many times, I'm fascinated by society and by people. Um, I think society tells us what is formal and what is informal in terms of appearance yes yes that's where it comes down i think it comes down to that as opposed to yeah yeah i do agree and i do think it is important to distinguish between being formal and informal because it distinguishes (coughs) it distinguishes time being at work and not work and leisure and that's good but wearing makeup I I feel like makeup, if we're going to talk about where the word makeup being to prepare, it could be seen as, yes, it should be something formal. But the fact that men... Makeup is so sexualised. It's so sexualised. The fact that in certain schools, boys, men aren't allowed to prepare, as girls can, I think unfair and again it 
it's rooted from a corrupt sexualization of non-female adults ultimately isn't it it's like oh when you get to a certain age you can start sexualizing yourself girls and that's not i don't think that's all that makeup can be you know oh god i feel a bit dead tonight today a little bit i'm exhausted i'm actually all all i was gonna just other what I just also wanted to touch on yeah. was um, men wearing makeup. Yeah. Um, so how like social media and has like enhanced uh, men wearing makeup, such as people like James Charles, Jeffrey Star, and the, how it's like enhanced like the LGBTQ plus society, and that's incredible. But I also wanted to touch on men like heterosexual men wearing makeup yeah um i watched a really cool youtube uh video buzzfeed video which was called men wear makeup for a week the test friends and it was basically removing the stigma which i think is how social media again is phenomenal um kind of blurring lines Hmm. and it basically it was three heterosexual men um trying makeup on for the first time they basically concluded about how um, it gave them the confidence than they than what they had otherwise had of like being able to cover their blemishes, and they also pointed out how it's silly um, how much pressure there is to wear makeup um, because another guy in it didn't see the difference of wearing makeup. Mm-hmm. So there was just some really cool arguments put out onto the internet. Yeah, and I think cool. it's just really cool how like it's kind of the gender expectations of makeup sometimes is dissolving. Yeah, I mean, I would argue because gender politics is something something again that I'm very passionate about. Um, I love that you say that, but how could anyone not be? You know, With great ease. I know. I can guarantee. I know. You. I know. Um, you know what I mean, though. It does. Everyone should be interested in society, and everyone should be interested in people, and everyone should be interested interested in gender politics. And I just think you're a great person. Carry on. Um. Thank you. But makeup is still a still marketed towards women if you look at drag artists for example i would say it's still marketed towards women and non-heterosexual men yeah yeah okay but i'm gonna say even you look at drag artists they are men who are female impersonators yeah and some people argue that drag is mocking women some people argue that drag is celebrating women however can you not argue drag is just another form of male self-expression absolutely and I think the reason that that I 
I don't, I don't think I've ever really heard that opinion talked about that widely as drag being for a man. Um, and I think that's because of the connotations of makeup as a woman's mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, I think it's so important, like, it's very important, the marketing point you made, because if you think about, if you just look at the statistics of like male suicide as opposed to female mm. suicide, the inability of self-expression for a man yeah. is significantly, when I mean self-expression, I guess I mean one's personality and like how they feel within themselves um, is it's harder for men to have the courage to express themselves because society says no. Well, this goes back to, what we're talking about about the arts and the encouragement of arts the arts the art culture is seen as a feminine feminine um i'd say i would argue that art culture is seen as a feminine thing and historically yeah of course because but women if you, would if you look at his, history oh yeah successful painters majority of them yeah in history are male playwrights and actors were originally all male architects um graphic designers predominantly male however if a young boy says i want to do ballet or i want to wear makeup yeah and makeup can be just another form of art aside from being something to make you feel confident or something as a self-expression, it can be pure art. That boy will be ridiculed and yeah. bullied and made yeah. to feel like they are different or wrong or not boy enough, not man enough. Mm. Can I just plug my Instagram here? Yeah. At Sam Brenner with two M's. I have a really lovely post about what it means to be a man on my page. So go have a look at that if you're interested in this. Right. Right. Shall we do? Quick fire questions Quick fire in the quarantine. Questions quarantine. The quarantine. Finish first. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to set the timer for three minutes. Emily, you're going to start with a question that we ended on last week, which was from Mr. Jason Robbins. And what was the question? Remind us of it. What are your view of double dippers? Go. Not a euphemism. Not a and I am starting the timer now. Three, two, one, go. Emily, what are you doing double dippers? Satan, devil, literally, I think you are very, you are the worst form of a human being. How dare you? Okay, you see, I would, I would argue on the contrary. I think it is ballsy. What? I think it is ballsy. I would never double dip and I would never eat anything that someone has double dipped in because I'm very germaphobic. But I would argue it's very ballsy and it is very, um, it takes a lot to double dip. Yeah, you know. I mean, like, respect to the fucking devils. Like you have, you have some nerve, Mister. Next question. Devil. Um, <laughs> from Lydia Bragoli. Um, she wants to know how it felt for your school or uni to be to come to a stop so abruptly. Very apt for today. I personally was very numb at the beginning and now I am totally fine about it like 
I mean, yes, it's the end of my seven year secondary school education and 15 year academic education potentially. Um, but I'm fine. I don't care. I'm bored. Emily? Um, me personally, I'm fine with it because my um, further education system have been the best they can possibly be education wise. I feel like if anything, I'm getting like more information than I have ever got before. Mm -hmm. They are fantastic. Big up. Um, but for you guys and for primary school and secondary compulsory education, my heart breaks because I don't think the government have done enough. But there we go. Um, a question from my friend Will. I said wheel, like a wheel. I mean Will. We're on a timer. Sorry. Um, any quarantine hobbies you have picked up, Sam? Um, sign language. Um, podcasting. Um, no, that was it. Baking. Oh yes. What have you baked? Sorry, I know we're on a timer, but cake. A lot of cake. Brownies. Oh. Emily? Um, I've been doing scrapbooking. I've never done it before. Basically, every month I have a free print app. So I literally print 40 pictures every month. I would be unable to put them all on the wall. So I've started like collaging pictures, which is really fun. Um, I've also been doing a lot of writing, which is really fun. Lots mm -hmm, of poetry. Same, yeah. I've been reading. But I've yeah. done that before as well. Amazing. Yeah, reading, colouring as well, I find really therapeutic. And of course, watching telly. Yes. And good course. films that have been on my list. Of course. That's about time. Crying. There More quick fire questions with quarantines in the quarantine next week. Today has been a mammoth of a discussion. It really has. I almost feel like I want to sob. Is that weird? Um, I literally just, after this, I want to have a bath and cry. I think we we really threw out quite a few ideas about what we each respectively brought to the virtual table. And I think, I mean, I know for a fact, I some of the stuff that I've said and spoken about isn't necessarily my full opinion and my full truth. I was just trying to encourage debate in certain places yeah i feel like as a disclaimer just to like save ourselves um we are both being each other's devil's advocate yes definitely. so we do not necessarily believe what we are arguing but it would just be very boring for us to sit here and just go oh yeah emily you're right yeah and i think it's actually i think it's divine that we are able to be able to like yeah openly do this with each other yeah, yeah. Give us um, more questions. Please. Go on to at Quarantines Pod. Um, or just direct message me, Mum. <laughs> cool. um, I hope everyone has a swell week. Swell? Hopefully we'll have some nice weather this week. I mean, you're listening to this on a Friday, at least. So hope the weather has been all right this week because it was horrible, horrible last week. Awful, man. So, um... Right. Let's wrap up. Let's do it. I've been Sam. And I've been Sam. And I just need to thank you for staying <laughs> to 
staying to Sam's podcast. Okay. And I, I hope you enjoyed watching it and eating through your nose. Exactly. Oh, food. I'm going to go eat now. I'm hungry. Bye. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Do, 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 do.